San Diego Comic-Con was this weekend, so that means a lot of trailers, a lot of news, and a lot of drama on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 117 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Brian? And so, this last weekend, we had San Diego Comic-Con at home. Yeah, I had no idea. I was too busy with the Olympics. Yeah, whatever you're into. <laughs> so, uh, you uh, just like the Olympics, there was a lot of stuff going on. The panels themselves, not a great deal of news, because it seemed like everybody was waiting for it to be over, for them to drop everything. And it's like all the stuff started happening. The trailers specifically, you would have thought that they would all happen during Comic-Con. And then we got a few. But most of the stuff that we got was like afterwards, after everything closed down and then suddenly everybody decided to start dropping their trailers. We got a new Shang-Chi trailer. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And about the same time, we got the new Ghostbusters trailer. I saw the Ghostbusters and I saw Dune. Yeah, there was the new Dune trailer. Those were the only ones I saw. I didn't watch the Ghostbusters trailer because a friend of mine online said that he wished he hadn't seen it. Oh, okay. Because he said it was too... I did, so. It was too what? Spoilery. There was a oh. bunch of stuff in the trailer he wished he didn't know was going to be in the movie. All right. Since I haven't seen the trailer, I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. But I mean, there's really only one thing I can think of. Yeah, so I decided, well, okay, I'm not going to, uh, I'll not watch the trailer then. We did, at Comic-Con, we did get a Doctor Who panel, which we haven't gotten in a while, uh, which didn't really give us a lot of information. Well, it gave us a little bit. I did want to talk a little bit about that panel, but, uh, you know, since it's been a while since I played this music, I'm going to play it now. Yes. So we'll do a little bit of what the who. What the who. Because we're going to be talking some Doctor Who. Yep. And we're going to specifically going to be talking not just about Comic-Con, but some news dropped today. Right at the moment when we started recording this morning, yeah. Uh, and this afternoon, a bunch of news hit, so we definitely have to talk about that for sure. On the panel, of course, there was this big rumor that we were going to have this massive surprise guest, that they were going to introduce us to someone. Everybody was excited, as you can imagine. And the special guest was Jacob Anderson. Okay, who? <laughs> Who's J- Jacob Anderson? It's uh, people who've watched Game of Thrones. He was on Game of Thrones. I've never watched Game of Thrones except uh-huh. for the first episode, so I had no idea who this was. But apparently he's going to be playing a character called Vendor, and he's going to be a recurring character on the series. And that's about all that we know. There's a lot of rumors that are going around, a lot of crazy rumors about this character. I don't know if any of them would actually be considered spoilers. If it's you just kn- speculation, it can't be spoilers. Oh, well, you know, there's there's talk that he's a Time Lord. Okay. There's a talk that he's a regeneration of Romana. Oh, all right. Um, all of this, you know, who can say? Mm-hmm. But we did learn a couple of things. Specifically, we learned that this is going to be an abridged season abridged more than normal it's just going to be all specials it's going to be eight episodes which is going from 10 to 8 
But what they're doing that's interesting, they're dropping the mystery box structure of the show, which has had this mystery box structure since the beginning of New Who, which is you have a bunch of stories that are kind of interconnected and you have two or three series of stories that are like continuations are all part of the same story. But there's this thread of something that's running through the entire story and is all these episodes. And then when you get to the end, then you get the, the payoff. It, it, yeah, it mm-hmm. ties in, like whether it's Bad Wolf or John Saxon or anything like that. Torchwood. What they're going to be doing differently in this next season, season 13, is these eight episodes are going to be one big story. They're not breaking it up. There's not going to be a mystery box or a thread going through it. This is going to be one big story that they're going to tell in eight parts. Which is going to be very much like what we're used to watching the Disney Plus shows, the Marvel shows. Yes. They've done the serial four-episode arc. Yeah, four or six episodes. mm -hmm. So this is going to be something that's completely different. Uh, That's going to be 2021, and then 2022, Jody is going to be doing three specials. And then, of course, we need to go to the news that we got today. Yes. There was a lot of speculation Mm -hmm. that Jody was going to be leaving, and it was confirmed today, uh, on the 29th of July, 2021, that (laughs) Jody will, in fact, be leaving Doctor Who at the end of the special. She's going to do the last three specials, Mm -hmm. and then that will be it for her. Yeah, and she has done, I guess, the average of Modern Who, three seasons, which now, at the close of this, will be just about that. This is very similar to, to David Tennant. In mm-hmm. where David Tennant did three years and then did four specials, and then he was done. So Jodie Whittaker is pretty much doing the same thing, right? Except she's doing like three specials. Mm-hmm. But what shocked me with today's news was not only is Jodie leaving, but Chris Chibnall is leaving. Right. Well, they always seemed like they were a package deal. It's kind of strange to me that we would have a showrunner that's only really going to be there for one doctor. You want to have some continuity in the show. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you would have hoped that if you have a showrunner, that they would at least be working on a couple of different doctors. But apparently, except for working with Jodie Whittaker, Chris Chibnall really wasn't mm-hmm. interested in working with another actor. Uh, having, you know, you basically have showrunners, they'll work at least with a couple of doctors. That's yeah, basically like, what it's been. You know, with go back me. to Russell T. Davies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he had two. Yeah, so we had started with Christopher Eccleston right. and Russell D. Davies had been working on a miniseries for BBC of Casanova right? starring the, the late great uh, Peter O'Toole <laughs> and uh, that's mm-hmm. where he met David Tennant and fell in love I guess you yeah. know that bromance and actually if you watch that there are a lot of Doctor Who guest stars in that miniseries oh yeah yeah yes and for sure. they had that relationship with Russell T. Davies and I guess you know kind of overlapping the showrunner then the doctor then the showrunner then the doctor you know would help that transition but yeah it it was kind of yeah it was kind of like i said it took me a little bit by surprise i would have figured that chris chibnall would have stayed on at least for one more doctor Mm -hmm. or at least one season or series as they call it yeah to kind of help transition i would have thought so but according to chris that wasn't in the cards that Mm -hmm. wasn't the plan he really only wanted to do it for a few seasons with jody and once you know she was done he was going to be done and Mm -hmm. so apparently that was the plan and so at this point tons of speculation about what's going to happen after the specials 
who's going to be the new showrunner, uh, who's going to be the new doctor. Oh, yeah, know. that's, oh, I always love that, getting excited, throw your names in the hat. and. I've heard a ton of different things at mm-hmm. this point, and so, honestly, there's no way of knowing right now, but, of course, at this point, what we do know, they're still filming. After they finish filming their eight episodes, they're going to go ahead and just film the three specials. The other thing that I heard, and this was on the panel also, is that when we rejoin Gaz and the Doctor, uh, they will have been traveling for a while Mm, together. They had to get away from Earth for a couple of years because we had a disease here. (laughs) Which was not a bad idea. But what it also allows, of course, is that you have like books and like Big Finish where they'll go in and do like the, the lost adventures or, you know, the further adventures of... And by putting a little space of time, of however much time we have there, somebody like Big Finish can come in, bring Jodie Whittaker back, bring other actors in. Do further, a radio special. And yeah, mm-hmm. the further adventures of the Doctor mm-hmm. and, and Yaz. But besides that, everything else is pretty much speculation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's anybody's guess at this point. And uh, they did give us a trailer, which told us pretty much nothing. <laughs> You see a couple of scenes, and you see a lot of stuff with John, the new companion. Okay. And that's about it. I mean, there's not really a whole lot more we can say at this time. They're pretty much uh, keeping everything to themselves, but, of course, when you do that, the speculation runs crazy. But we'll see. We'll now, see. But one thing I do definitely have to talk about, of course, in our last podcast, we were talking about Black Widow. Yes. So now, oh, yes. So, so, of course, I'm going to have to bring this up because, of course, Old last... Mickey Mouse, you are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. The thing about it is, last podcast, I talked a lot about how Black Widow was going to be showing in theaters, but it was also going to be showing at home, on streaming, on Disney+. Plus. It seemed like such a wonderful thing. <laughs> and then the second week happened, and then suddenly everything just took a nosedive. Nope. <laughs> so that didn't pan out very well. It's like it had like a 67% drop the second week. <laughs> the biggest drop of any Marvel right. superhero movie in the history mm-hmm. of Marvel superhero movies. The lowest a Marvel has ever gone was, after the entire run, was uh, $400 million. And it doesn't look like we're going to get there. (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember which one that was. It might have been Doctor Strange, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, I I don't know. Was that or Ant-Man and the Wasp? I know Ant-Man and the Wasp had the record for the the biggest drop-off at 61%, Mm -hmm. but it had nothing to do with the movie. Mm -mm, No. The fans loved the movie. The critics loved the movie. It got great reviews. People enjoyed it. There were obviously people who had issues with the movie, but for the most part, the fans seemed to generally like the film, but the biggest problem, of course, is that when you've got a 4K transmission of it, streaming, making a copy of it and giving it to other people is not that hard. (laughs) And that's what happened. There was a ton of piracy going on. Yeah. Passing it Mm -hmm. around. Again... People aren't going to the theaters because they can watch it at home. So a lot of people watched it at home. Right. You're not returning back to the theater to watch it a second time. Right. That's where the bigger issue came in. (laughs) Saw this in the news. And you saw it as well. Yep. Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney because she says she has in her contract that this was going to be a theatrical-only release to begin with. And because of everything that's happened, of course, this was when she signed the contract for the movie, it was an old-style contract, which is there's bonuses depending on how much the box office is. Yes. 
box office doesn't count the uh, streams at home. Right. So yeah. anything that undercuts her box office, anything that keeps people from going to the theaters is going directly out of her pocket. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely something we've got to keep our eyes on because there are so many more movies still to come. And this is this is kind of our future. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be contracts going back several years but pre-COVID, definitely this movie is going to go to the theater and it's going to run for weeks. And, you know, people are going to go back several times to see it. And we don't have that now. And so they're not they're not going to count that. And the thing is, not only are the actors going to be affected by this, but all the other people involved in making films, they're losing out. Everything's going to have to be, the next couple of years is going to have to be renegotiated. I also read that Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick are doing the same thing over Trolls, the world tour. Because it didn't go out on the theater, they didn't get the kickback that they were supposed to. They didn't even have the benefit of a theatrical release. Right. It went straight to video. Mm-hmm. And so any kind of bonuses they had for box office, none of that happened. Mm-hmm. So either they're going to have to go back to this model of theatrical-only releases starting out, or they're going to have to redo contracts to take account for home streaming. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's what's going to be best for everyone. How many subscriptions are added the week that this is released? Mm-hmm. So many got Disney because of Hamilton. So many people got Disney because of Mulan. So that should go into those contracts. And who got Disney Plus just last week so they could watch Black Widow? There's that and then how many downloads that you get. And to me, that makes the most sense in my head. But I I don't know the business, so. (laughs) I did happen to notice, however, that there was um, a press release done by NATO. Now, if you're into foreign policy, it's not that NATO. It is the National Association of Theater Owners. Okay. And they did a release basically saying, hey, you see, you see what happened here? (laughs) This is what happens when you don't do theatrical first releases. Now, obviously... If you're a theater owner, you want the exclusive rights to show movies. But a lot of the things that they were saying in this press release, not all of it, I would say, was self-serving. They made a really good point that I didn't think about, which was the lifespan of a first release movie, it goes into theaters, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is they get put out on a pay-per-view basis. In other words, you can buy the film and watch it, Mm -hmm. which NATO in their press release pointed out, you don't have that Mm -hmm. anymore because it's already been released. Well, the only person not losing money is Mickey Mouse. (laughs) He's making plenty of money over this, so he's got to figure out what he's going to do about this and how he's going to be fair to his creative team and Imagineers and all the people that he hires, all his cast members. That's going to be the big thing because, again, Dune is being released on uh, HBO Max at the Mm -hmm. same time. And next week, The Suicide Squad Mm -hmm. will be in theaters, but it'll also be on HBO Max. Yep. A lot of big names in there. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing. I haven't had a chance to look this up yet, but I don't know if there's going to be a separate charge to watch The Suicide Squad on HBO Max. Oh. I'm not sure that's yeah. the case because... Because that's the way it is on Disney+. Plus, Right. Yeah. And it wasn't that way yeah. for everything on Disney+. Plus. I'm trying to remember. There was another 
it was during COVID, I mm-hmm. think, that there was something that they were going to test to see if it, it was going to be worth putting a film out okay. just for the number of subscriptions that mm-hmm. it might get them. It wasn't Soul by any chance, was it? It may have been Soul. Okay, because I watched Soul, and I didn't have to pay extra, so yep. it may have been it. Yeah, the, the Pixar film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that was it. So mm-hmm. this is going to be a mess because, I mean, Dune is going to be a, mm-hmm. a, dub, a dual release. And I know already that lawyers have been brought in to try to keep this from happening. And now they're going to see it. They're seeing what Scarlett Johansson is going through. And she's not the only one. Yeah. She's just the only one we've heard about. There have to be others packing up their lawyers and be like, got to yeah. well, figure mean, this out. Well, it's already been reported uh, Legendary Pictures producer for Dune. And they're not happy Oof. because they want to return on their investment. Yep. And they don't see that tying a streaming in to Dune is going to be that helpful. So, I mean, I knew they were lawyering up for some time now. I think we may even have mentioned it here that they were going to consider lawyering up. But Warner Brothers is going to be under the same situation with the Suicide Squad. Not Space Jam. Sorry. (laughs) And I, I was thinking about this. Scarlett Johansson, of course... Spoilers if you don't know anything about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but she died. So unless um, unless some miracle happens or because of the multiverse, she's able to come back. Mm-hmm. There's no big Marvel superhero checks coming. Mm-mm. This is her last hurrah unless they unless she put her voice uh, on the next season of What If? Yeah. And yeah. that's the other thing, too. Since you brought this up, this is what I find this so weird because I was going over the uh, cast list for What If. Mm-hmm. They brought back some voices. But there are other voices that are other actors. Okay. You've got Haley Atwell doing Peggy Carter, Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. But then you've got another actor doing Doctor Strange. Does you've, this have something to do with availability or? It may do with availability mm-hmm. or somebody's price tag. Mm-hmm. Because, again, then you go Yondu, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, yeah. He's doing his voice. Mm-hmm. But we got a new voice for Tony Stark. And so... It seems like the big names, they're recast in the animated series, and you get a few voices that are the actors, but there's a lot of recasting going on. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a money-saving measure. It's like we can't afford to bring back all the big names. I don't know. I had to go and look through Marvel and Stitcher with their podcasts and see what they're doing because we've got the X-Men, we've got Marvels, and we've got the Wolverine. And I'll tell you, Richard Armitage, probably my favorite Wolverine at this point. He does such a good job on that. I forget, oh, is it Into the Long Night or something like that? I forget exactly what it's called. But check out their voice casting over there. And maybe is it done in the same studios? I don't know. So we'll have to to check that out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of uh, podcasts and audio books and stuff that you really like. And, Mm -hmm. of course, as an aside, because we always have to do the asides, I I just saw that we are getting a part two of Sandman from Amazon. and I have uh, seen that. Uh Uh, Have you listened to the first part? No, I haven't. I want to. I mean, just looking at that cast and then seeing who all they added coming in for the second one, I really do. I want to get a hold of it. But uh, It's so good. It looks like it. It Yeah, it looks beautiful. (laughs) Uh, So I'm Mm -hmm. definitely looking forward to that. So... Oh, well, I hate to close on a negative note, but I got to talk about this, and I need you to talk me off the ledge on this one. Okay. Uh, It's not your job, but here we are. All right. So this weekend, we got part one of five episodes of Masters of the Universe. 
I have not watched it myself, but I have heard things. Um, <laughs> of course you have. Well, okay. Because we've all heard things. What I know about Masters of the Universe, and everyone's calling it the new He-Man show, what I know about it is that was originally a show, the original show, was pretty much a commercial to sell toys. So the writing probably wasn't that highbrow. You'd see cool people fighting and fun voices and stuff like that, and then play with your toys at home. So then we've got this new one. I've heard great things about it. I don't know if we want to do spoilers or not. It's kind of like the Messiah story. Your main character dies in the first episode, resurrects in the last episode, and then kind of dies again, as what I've heard. <laughs> but, you know, as you know, spoilers don't bother me. And I'm a big Sarah Michelle Geller fan, so I, I might check it out just because all the hype surrounding it. Well, let me give you a little bit of context for Masters of the Universe. And, of course, this was a show in the 80s. Yes, you're absolutely right. It was cheaply made. I mean, the writing wasn't great. There wasn't a whole lot of great storytelling involved. It was pretty much a commercial for the toys. Mm -hmm. I did watch the show when I was younger. I was very well a teenager when that show was on the air. I was in high school. And even though back in those days, I was very much the nerdy type. I was the kid who was part of the chess club in high school. I was the kid who started the D&D club in high school. <laughs> but even then, I knew that I couldn't tell anybody that I watched this show. <laughs> I, you know, there was a line I could not cross. <laughs> I, it was. It was just a glorified commercial for toys that I didn't buy. And this show, created by Kevin Smith, it was basically geared to those of us in the 80s who watched this show. So it was a more adult version of the show. It wasn't meant to be the same kind of a kid's show that it was back in the 80s. They say it's a spiritual sequel to the show, but it's really geared to the older people, to the Gen Xers who watched the show as a kid, and so there's that little bit of nostalgia. So they're giving it a bit more substance, a bit more everyone's getting some backstory, everyone's getting some depth. Yeah, there's more storytelling going on for okay. sure. Well, one thing a lot of people have been complaining about is they're saying this is the Tila show. That He-Man is barely in it. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. But it isn't, is it? Isn't it uh, no, Masters it's just, of the Universe? It's just Masters. It's <laughs> That's just what I thought. <laughs> yeah, He-Man's name isn't really in it. Mm -hmm. You're Basically, you're following Tila through most of this. Magic has been driven from Eternia because in a quest to gain the magic of Eternia, Skeletor winds up destroying the whole thing. The Sword of Power, He-Man's Sword, gets split into two parts and returned to the realms where they came from. Oh, interesting. And He-Man dies. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I heard, yeah. Well, first of all, Tila has to deal with the fact that everybody knew he was He-Man and nobody told me. <laughs> Which, if you see the old series, it's like, that's Tila's fault. Prince Adam is just a, a paler version of He-Man with a pink shirt on, okay? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like Superman. It's yeah, like the, Lois Lane our, should have known. <laughs> should have known. So if you didn't look at Prince Adam and go, God, he looks a lot like He-Man. Mm -hmm. But in this new version, Prince Adam is skinnier. He's younger. So you, you can understand why somebody might look at him and wouldn't immediately say, oh, that's mm -hmm. He-Man. Tila has been promoted to Man of Arms. During this massive fight, she finds out that 
Prince Adam is He-Man. She's disillusioned. She leaves her job, becomes an adventurer. And then years later, she and a ragtag group of heroes and villains are trying to put the sword back together. Oh, well, this is the D&D movie we never got. <laughs> there you go. So, so that's basically it. Uh-huh. So they can put the sword of power back together so that magic can return because it's basically drying up. Mm-hmm. Once it all goes away, Eternia dies. And then hmm. Eternia being the first planted in the universe, there's a chain reaction. The entire universe will die. Okay. You have this situation where Teal is dealing with her own feelings of betrayal, but also her hatred for magic. But now she's being tasked for bringing magic back to Eternia. And there's a, lots of Easter eggs from the old series. One thing, the splitting of the sword. This is a deep, deep cut. This goes way before even the TV show because there was an alternative version of the He-Man story which came uh, in little comic books. Oh, um, okay. With the toys. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Castle Grayskull didn't belong to He-Man. You know, you could access Castle Grayskull if... The two pieces of the Sword of Power were put together. You could use it as a key to unlock Castle Grayson. And He-Man had one piece of it, and Skeletor had the other one. Right, yeah. And so neither one could get in unless they could get the other one's piece of the sword. Mm Mm-hmm. And so whenever that happened, one of them had Castle Grayskull until the other one was able to get their piece of the sword back. And that's why, if you see the original Castle Grayskull toy, the flag is two-sided. One has a crest for He-Man, one has a crest for Skeletor. So whoever had control of Castle Grayskull at the time, you could fly their flag. Okay. And so they had that as an Easter egg. There are a bunch of other ones. If you're familiar with the series or the old shows or the little mini comic books that came with the toys. No, I've only got the Dolph Lundgren movie. That's all about Courtney Cox. That's all I know. There were little nods to even that as really? well. Really? So oh, we have to unlock it... stuff with a keyboard? <laughs> there you go. Uh, a lot of stuff unlocking with the sword, which is like getting mm-hmm. back to the, um, the mini comics. But I did binge watch the episodes. And again, I wasn't expecting Shakespeare. And I wasn't expecting the old show. It was okay. Mm-hmm. But... The internet lost their damn minds over this show. (laughs) People were getting so upset. Uh It was like the craziest things were being said about this show. It it had a beautiful cliffhanger, though, right? Yes. So it has room to grow. It has places to go. Well, there's going to be a part two. Mm -hmm. They already said there was going to be a part two. And I'm assuming that's going to happen even with all the stuff that's going on. Kevin Smith got run up and down the internet. People were just trashing him left and right. They were saying this was social justice warrior stuff. And they're making Tila the new he man and this woke garbage again and yeah. teela has a girlfriend as kevin smith is crying into all of his money <laughs> i suppose well you know is teela a lesbian I, well there's not enough in there to say mm-hmm. whether they're just friends or not mm-hmm. there's not a sex scene mm-hmm. well my thoughts are is it important to the story um well i mean that they have a bond of friendship yeah uh-huh. again this kind of goes back for me to Loki and Sylvie it's like is sex an important part of their relationship no just their friendship really is does it really matter but at the same time people who don't tend to see themselves represented in movies and television and geek culture and how important it can be when those representations come up I understand that I'm a cis white male I get to see myself in movies and TV all the time 
I don't want it to sound like it's not a big deal whether they're in a relationship or not. I understand how important it can be for some people to see themselves represented, and I think that's important. I think just for storytelling alone, you want to have diversity. Mm -hmm. That expands the amount of storytelling you can do. So people who are screaming about how they've turned her into a lesbian, people screaming about how He-Man, he's barely in the show, and it's just women basically trashing men in the show, which none of that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just social justice warriors. They cleared all the men out. It's, this, is, this is all about the women, which let me just point out to anyone who's seen the show and is saying that, if that were 100% true, this show would pass the Bechtel test a lot more than it does. <laughs> and it doesn't, really. No, it uh... barely does because <laughs> Tila's constantly talking about He-Man uh-huh. and Evelyn, who's also in the party, is constantly talking about Skeletor. <laughs> so you, you, I don't know if there's 10 minutes straight in the entire series that passes the Bechtel test. Yeah, oh, we'll have to you know, it, sit down with a, a notebook and write it as, yeah. <laughs> as we go. <laughs> so it's, yeah, so it's not some feminist manifesto <laughs> at all. But people have lost their minds over this to the point where Kevin Smith is getting frustrated about it. I find this so funny because he said there are fans who need to, I'm not going to quote him because Mm -hmm. this is a PG-13 show, but he he said that there are people that need to grow the F up. (laughs) And I just laughed when I heard that because I'm like, people who have grown the F up aren't going to watch this show. (laughs) But I guess... The people that he's mad about, if they did grow up and not watch the show, that make things easier for him, I mm-hmm. guess. But it really drove home for me something I've been thinking about for a while, especially these last couple of podcasts. I've been talking a lot about the negativity that seems to just inundate geek culture. But mm-hmm. of course, that's everywhere. Yes. You know, just to say this is a problem just in geek culture mm-hmm. or just in alt community culture or or anywhere. Mm -hmm. It seems it's permeating everything. And the other thing, too, that I've noticed is that, and this goes back to Doctor Who, this goes back to Star Trek. People, if they see something in a show that they support or that they watch that they don't like, it's not just a matter of, well, I didn't like that. That didn't work for me. People are getting absolutely infuriated. Mm -hmm. They're getting angry. They owe, yeah, like they owe you something. I mean, I know nothing about sports, but I totally geek out over the Olympics. Yeah. And Simone Biles pulling out because she was not in the right mindset to compete the way that she competes. And she wasn't going to get the points that she deserved anyway. Yeah, and she could have hurt herself. Everyone's getting angry at her and they're like, you owe us a gold medal. I'm like, no, she really doesn't. She doesn't owe you anything. Well, I've been thinking a lot about, like I said, this thread of negativity that seems to run through a lot of our culture. And... It's not even a matter of people who feel entitled to stuff. It's just that it seems like this was a default for me also. But there was a part of something that I enjoyed that didn't pan out or whatever, that there was that righteous rage. And I've been thinking about this for a while, and I think part of this has to do with that canon is so important to us in our fandom because canon is canon. The sacred text. Exactly. (laughs) It's like the Bible. (laughs) And so regardless of what I might think about a show or my headcanon or whatever, the sacred text is the sacred text. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want Doctor Who to be a woman or I don't want her to be the source of the Time Lord's power of regeneration, it doesn't matter because the minute it goes up on the screen, that's the sacred text. And 
especially when you say that something is not like a, a what if or whatever when it's meant to be the main canon. Like in He-Man, this is supposed to be years after the TV show. Mm, okay. So people who have whatever investment, and a lot of people who barely watch the show, but they have an investment in their geekdom <laughs> and who they feel should and should not be front and center, uh-huh. front and center in that geekdom are having issues. Because, again, we're going back to canon. We must remain orthodox in our geekdom. <laughs> we, that we cannot make changes to our orthodoxy. People can't just say, well, I don't like this part of the show. Because mm-hmm. it's now part of the canon. It's become an echo chamber in a sense that, you know, we feel like this is the way that you're supposed to react to something you don't like. Is to get angry about it. Because something misses the mark or something introduces something to canon that we don't like. But our opinion doesn't matter. Only canon matters at this point. So you eat a piece of pizza with an anchovy, you don't like it, and you throw the pizza across the room? Yeah, and call the pizza place Mm -hmm. and tell them that you hope their children die in a car fire. Yeah. It's to that point. Mm -hmm. It really is insane how angry we all seem to get, except for you. (laughs) You're perfectly fine. The rest (laughs) of us are screwed, it seems like. (laughs) But maybe this is just a matter of getting older. I'm I'm starting to realize that geek culture is too important for me to get mad at something not going my way. Mm. And I'm learning that in myself. I'm letting a lot of stuff go. You know, not being so emotionally invested in my geekdom. Not saying I don't enjoy stuff, But if something in one of my fandoms doesn't pan out the way that I wanted, it, it shouldn't ruin my day. And uh, I feel like it's ruining a lot of people's days, <laughs> whether it's He-Man or, or Doctor Who. Well, they all just need to grow the up. Well, maybe <laughs> they do. Maybe they do. So with that said, we come to the end of Episode 117 of the Geek Watch Podcast. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch Podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.